Welcome to Redefining Balance for Working Moms podcast, where we believe life balance is possible. Uh, Yes, even for you. You might just have to redefine what it looks like for yourself. I'm your host, fellow working mom and founder of Your Life Rocks, Jenny Stemmerman. Each week, I'll bring you practical, real-life tips to help you focus on the things that matter most in life and be the best version of yourself in every area that God has called you to. Ready to redefine what balance looks like for you and your life? Let's go. Hey there. Thanks so much for coming and hanging out with me today. I am so excited about today's episode. It is one of my all-time favorite guests. We've had on a number of different times before, and I just absolutely love everything that she has to share. Today, we are joined by Lindsay Young. Before I tell you more about Lindsay, let me just tell you that, you know, right now we're coming off of a kind of an odd couple of months where I think more than anything, our health has been a focus for us. And as we move into summertime, You know, it's a time that we naturally have more resources available to us as far as fresh fruits and fresh vegetables, but we are also out in the sun more and there's a lot of conflicting information about how to best take care of our skin, the benefits of being in the sun versus not and all of that. And so Lindsay's going to be shedding some light on all of the things that have to do with healing our body, taking care of our body from the outside in. Now, of course, it wouldn't be a Lindsay Young show without a little bit of nutrition thrown in there as well. So we are going to talk about how we can best support our body and our skin from the inside out as well. Now, if this is your first time hearing from Lindsay, she is a certified transformation nutrition coach, certified strength and conditioning specialist, and she lives in Boise, Idaho with her husband and three kids. Now, in her nutrition practice, she specializes in helping ambitious women develop a simple nutrition and lifestyle plan to create optimal health and energy so that they can confidently rock a body that they love. Lindsay's approach to wellness focuses on real health in real life context, helping her clients develop a modern approach to a healthy lifestyle that is sustainable and joyful in their homes and out in the real world. Now, what I love about Lindsay is she really teaches you complex health issues in a really simple way that allows you to take action on small things in your life to bring you closer to health. I always come away from anything Lindsay does with a wealth of knowledge and really some inspiration and empowerment to be able to make some healthy decisions for myself and move myself closer to the health that I want to have for my body. Now, Lindsay is also a top contributor inside of Life Balance membership in our resources section to help our Life Balance members really take their health to the next level. She's also been a contributor a number of times on this podcast, as well as in our monthly lifestyle guide for working Christian moms. Lindsay's always giving us great tips and inspiration, and she's doing that today. So without further ado, let's get into my interview with Lindsay. Lindsay Young, welcome back to the show. It is always such a treat to have you and your incredible wisdom on the show to share with us today. So welcome back. We're so excited to have you. Yay. Thank you, Jenny. I always love being here with you. Now, for anyone who has not yet heard any of the episodes that we've done with you in the past, or maybe this is their very first time meeting you. And obviously I've talked a little bit about your brilliance before we, we got on <laughs> together, but share with us a little bit about who you are and what you're all about. 
Yeah, so I am a holistic nutritionist. I'm a certified strength and conditioning specialist and a certified transformational nutrition coach. And my my real kind of vision and goal is to just empower and educate women to create a body they love with real food nutrition. So I try to help women develop a simple nutrition and lifestyle plan. I'm really all about simplicity and trying to make things doable and just to create optimal health and energy so that we, we can feel confident and we can really step into all that God has intended for our lives. I love it. And the, the thing I love about you as a, as a health expert is you have all of these certifications and all of these great credentials that back you up but you really do make it simple for all of us because it is a big wide world of health and wellness out there. And you kind of cut through some of the, the information that contradicts each other, or you really make it simple to understand and to know, and, but not like in a dumbed down way. Like every time I'm listening to you talk or I read something that, you, that you've put together, I feel educated and I feel empowered to really take over my health. And I just want to thank you and acknowledge you that you know through this entire... COVID-19 crisis and pandemic. I mean, we were recording this in in April and I love following you on social media and just all of the great information that you're putting out there to help support our immune system and overall health. I think it's just such a great service that you're giving. And the article that you put together for us for the April Lifestyle Guide for Your Life Rocks inside the app was incredible and just chock full of so much information. And I just want to thank you so much for everything that you do for people. Oh, you are so welcome. And thank you for just that great feedback because that's, that's of course my intention is to try to take these things that are complicated and seem overwhelming and for myself, right. To like break it down into, okay, so what does that mean for what I can do today or what I can just focus on this week? So it's so helpful to know that that's how it's translating and that's how it's coming across and that people are actually able to to gain knowledge and feel like they're empowered with that information. Yeah. I mean, even just the information we were talking right before we started recording about some of the tips that you were giving about lymphatic systems, which I've never even thought about doing anything for that. But I tried one of Lindsay's tips of the hot water, cold water in the shower, and it felt a little bit torturous, but it was something just so small that I felt like I could do to help support my health just while I'm taking a shower in the morning, which I would never, ever have thought about doing that had it not been for you. So just thank you so much for all of those little tips that you're giving. I'm glad that that was helpful. And one of the main things that, gosh, that I am taking out of this whole COVID-19 crisis is this idea of disempowerment that comes when we are feeling like we're hiding in our homes, scared about something that's on the outside. And I know for my clients and feedback I've gotten from people on Instagram and Facebook is that having these, these action steps, these things that we can actually do to feel like, okay, we're like, there are things we can do to become stronger, better, healthier humans. That just that mindset shift of, okay, I'm not helpless. There are things I can do to actually become stronger and to become more resilient. But that really does a lot to, like, to take the fear away. Oh, yes. Yes. And that's exactly it is it feels so empowering to know that we can do something when otherwise it feels like we're so helpless and we're just being told what we can and can't do. But you really are giving us some of those tips. And the thing I love too, is that you're always connecting everything. Because like I said before, there is a big wide world (laughs) of health (laughs) topics and 
and everything. And I know one of the things that you've really helped me with over the course of the last few months is as I'm getting older, I'm focusing a lot more on my skin and really what I'm putting on my skin and realizing that connection of what I put on my skin has to do with my health inside my body. And I've been learning just a ton about that through you and and thank you for that. But talk to us a little bit about our skin and taking care of our body from the outside because sometimes we think about health and wellness and we just think about nutrition or exercise or you know things that are are more basic I guess but we don't always think so much about our skin and how that contributes to our overall health. Yeah, absolutely. And when I first started getting into health and wellness, my entryway was through nutrition. And that made a lot of sense to me. Like, okay, I get it. When you eat an apple or when you eat a Snickers bar, they have different impacts on how you feel and your energy and your digestion. And as I began to learn more about food and exercise, it was just this like natural segue. It was almost like I turned and looked at another door that I hadn't known (laughs) existed. Like, oh my goodness, I know that the food that I eat impacts my health on such a great way. But what about the chemical impact, the things that I'm, that are making their way into my body through my skin. And when I looked at, you know, my morning routine, I kind of thought about, oh, the lemon water and the breakfast, but I wasn't thinking about the toothpaste and the deodorant and the, the uh, face wash and the moisturizer and the sunscreen and all of those other just impacts on my body and on my health. And really anytime we take a sip of a beverage or take a bite of food or put something on our skin, we have this opportunity to vote for help or to vote for disease. And just like, you know, having a poor diet and eating foods that are inflammatory and harmful to our body, it's the same with the chemicals that we put on our skin. And I try not to like get bogged down in the details of like (laughs) all of the terrible ways in which the United States is not protecting us. But the laws that are set up in our country are not in favor of our protection. A lot of the ingredients and chemicals that are in personal care products have not been tested for safety. And we're kind of the guinea pigs. And when you look at other countries throughout the world, we see that they have a lot higher standards for chemicals and toxins that are in personal care products. So it's definitely become a passion of mine to just for myself and my family to become more educated about, okay, how do these chemicals impact my hormones and impact my susceptibility to certain types of diseases and cancers and, um, you know, for my kids and their developing bodies, like what are the potential downstream impacts of things that I, I think are fine for them or I think are good for them, but I haven't really researched. And then of course, as I've gone through this self-discovery for myself, I can't help but share it to others. And it's been really cool to see just how big of an impact taking out this toxic burden on our body has affected so many of my clients and their health as well. And when we think about food and we think about chemicals and it's sometimes we forget that our body performs so much more efficiently and really as it's intended to when we take off of this 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 burden. And I think about when you um like when you go to the beach and you walk in the sand and you know how it's so hard to walk in the sand like your feet are like trudging through mm-hmm. the sand and especially when you go with kids and you have like the towels and oh you have like and you feel all like you're the gear. <laughs> yes. And you're, it's so hard. And then as soon as you cross over and your feet hit the pavement and you hit the parking lot, you just like shoot forward and you just kind of soar. 
And that's one of the ways that I think about this impact of chemicals that we put on our skin is that it just bogs down every system in our body. It makes everything our body's trying to do that much harder because it has that extra burden. I love that analogy. I mean, that really simplifies understanding because it's, you know, it's hard to think like, well, what, what really is the effect of like toothpaste or deodorant on your body and overall health? But I really love that analogy of just being able to let your body without those chemicals run at a better way, the way that it was really designed to run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's incredible. And of course, it is all connected. But as we're moving you know, into summer months, the sun is out. And I feel like that there's so many... Every season kind of has its different health focuses. And I feel like focusing on our skin right now really is the best thing that we can be doing. Um, and mm-hmm. taking care of our body from the outside in. So we've talked a little bit about the chemical absorption and the ingredients to avoid in skincare. What are some of those main ingredients that we should be looking for as far as things that we're putting on our body? Yeah, so some of the big ones are going to be parabens, which are a type of preservative. And you can, when you're looking at your ingredient list on personal care products, it's very intimidating. (laughs) And that's like coming from someone who reads every ingredient on a food label. I'm like, oh, food labels are so much easier to read than product ingredient labels. Yeah, because I think all of them are like chemicals. They look like chemicals. Yes, yes. And that's been one thing, kind of a side note here, that's been so interesting for me to learn about is that because I got real crunchy for a while. Like, I'm just going to put coconut oil on my skin because that's, you know, like I wouldn't put anything on my skin that I couldn't eat. But as I've learned a little bit more about safety studies and the benefits of some chemicals that are naturally created, just because it has a chemical sounding name does not mean that it's bad. So I know a lot of the names are like, hard to pronounce and look very scary. But if you're reading through, you'll see parabens. They will say something like methylparaben or propylparaben. So you'll see that word paraben at the end of the word, and it may have all sorts of different things at the beginning of the word, but you want to keep an eye out for that word paraben. And they're especially concerning because they have estrogen mimicking properties, and that can play a role in certain types of cancers and a lot of hormone problems, especially for women. So parabens are a big one. And then phthalates are another one. That's an ingredient that makes plastic more pliable. So it's in a lot of plastic type products, but then also products that go on our skin. And again, they're um, a major player in different types of hormone disruptors. And hormones are chemical messengers in our body. And so hormones are not like they're everything. (laughs) Like they're not just like this teeny tiny small part of our health that only impacts women, right? Like hormones, like kids have hormones, men have hormones, we have hormones. So anything that disrupts those hormones is potentially really dangerous. And an analogy that was really helpful for me that like helps me kind of understand why these types of like mimicking chemicals are really bad is imagine that there is kind of like a war going on inside of your body, which there is, right? We have good bacteria and bad bacteria. We have good viruses and bad viruses. Like our body is really this ecosystem and there's a lot happening all the time. But with these hormones, imagine that they are kind of at war all the time. So they're dressed in like their war outfits, right? Like they have their uniforms on. And imagine if this, um, the enemy came in and they were disguised in the good guys' uniforms and they came in and launched this surprise attack 
And the good guys wouldn't know like who the enemy is, who is the enemy, who is this opponent, because they're all dressed the same. They all look the same. And what kind of chaos you could imagine on a battlefield <laughs> if the bad guys were dressed like the good guys and like just what kind of chaos would ensue. And that's kind of the same thing in our body when we have these hormone mimickers and disruptors that come in. They're not real hormones. They're mimicking hormones. And that's where then we see chaos kind of ensue in our body because we don't know who the real guys are. So when you talk about chaos ensuing in our bodies, just to give us some perspective, are we talking about disease? Are we talking about, you know, weight disruptors? Like what does that look yeah. like as far as <clears throat> Yeah. And it it can look like a lot of different things. There are certain disruptors in our body called obesogens, which definitely do contribute to weight gain. Our body creates fat cells as a way to protect us. So our body will take toxins. If we have too much of a toxin burden, toxin overload, our body will create more fat in order to store those as a protective mechanism. So it definitely leads to weight gain. Um, It definitely leads to all types of hormonal cancers. You think about breast cancer, cervical cancer, different types of autoimmune disease as well are linked to these types of hormone disruption. And I think as time goes on, like we're, we're going to be able to link these there are a lot of things that are now like anecdotally noted or suspected that over time we'll have a lot better research to really say like, yes, this causes this type of thyroid dysfunction or this type of thyroid disease. But when you look at your body at a holistic level and understand that all types of inflammation and disruption in the body, there's always going to be a downstream impact to that. And we don't always see it, right? Like you fall down, you scrape your knee, you see the blood, you see the scab, you see your body repairing. But a lot of things that are going on internally, we don't really know how that will play out as these chemicals are accumulating and disrupting our body's normal processes as time goes on. It's all just so fascinating to me. And I think it's like a lot of things, right? Where you can kind of go to one extreme of, having fear about anything that you Mm -hmm. put on your body, or like you said before, really being empowered to know that you have a choice of of what you're putting on your skin and how that is going to contribute to your overall health. Yeah, for sure. And especially as parents, I think you can kind of beat yourself up like, oh my goodness, I did not know that, (laughs) you know, I look back at some of the things I put on my kids when they were little, but that's not, that's not a, a place I allow myself to stay mentally. And it's not somewhere that I encourage anywhere. Like I don't encourage anyone to live there and stay there, right? Like there's no good that comes from beating yourself up when you didn't know better. So just focus on, okay, now that I do know better, how can I make some better choices moving forward? Yeah, I think that that's so, so great is to be able to just learn, you know, and mm-hmm. and, and slowly but surely make different choices. And I love that analogy that you you gave about every choice you make can be towards health or it can be towards disease. And And the more we learn, it allows us to be able to make better choices as we know these things. So we've talked about kind of the chemicals for our skin. But when we think about summertime, you know, I'm thinking about like sun exposure. And, you know, like I said, the older I get, I think about like, oh, well, I hear you need some kind of sun exposure. But then, you know, I don't want too much sun exposure because I don't want to damage my skin. And I certainly don't want to increase wrinkles or or anything like that. And I feel like it's always sometimes hard to find that balance between the two. And I know that it goes, when we talk about taking care of our skin, it goes so much more beyond just that. So talk to us a little bit about safe sun exposure and what that should look like and why that's important. Yeah, absolutely. So 
we are discovering more and more how important good sun exposure actually is. And there was kind of, right, we look back in history and it's like there was a time period where we didn't know anything at all and people were frying themselves. And then there was a time period where we began to discover a link between sun exposure and different types of cancers. And everyone went crazy with sunscreen and not wanting to be in the sun at all. But one of the main reasons why, I would say there are two main reasons why it's important to have good sun exposure. The first is vitamin D, which vitamin D is actually a hormone in our body and we get it best through the sun. And yes, you can take a vitamin D supplement, but our bodies were really designed to be out in the sunlight and absorbing sunshine. And there are so many just amazing things that come with vitamin D, including bone density and strength, immune system function, energy levels, uh, fertility. So having adequate vitamin D levels and being able to get that from the sun every day, just walking out and spending 20 minutes in the sun is really important. And then also for our circadian rhythm. And that is our body's kind of 24 hour clock and because we're exposed to so much, like I kind of call it dirty light, like fluorescent light, and we spend a lot of time indoors and a lot of time in front of screens, our circadian rhythm really gets out of whack because we have these different light inputs. So getting um, early morning sun exposure is really important for kicking off the production of melatonin 12 hours later. So I always tell my ladies, like, try to get outside in the morning. Even if you're not sitting in sunlight, try to just get outside and be in the sunshine sometime in the first hour or two of the day to really get your body's 24-hour clock going so that you have proper melatonin production in the evening to make it easier to fall asleep. But with the sun, like as far as sun damage and sun exposure, we kind of have two concerns with the sun. The first being the UVB rays. And those are the rays that cause like sunburn. And those are the ones that are most commonly recognized as indicators of skin damage. So we want to be conscious of the UVB rays. And then the UVA rays are the ones that are less powerful, but they penetrate deeper into our skin to cause free radical damage that contributes to premature skin aging. So it's not even just about like the duration of time, but you also have these two different types of rays that could potentially damage your skin in these two different ways. So kind of the, the, the first step with safe sun exposure is to just make sure that you are, the solution is not to avoid the sun at all costs, but to be mindful of not getting burnt. That's like the number one thing is to make sure that you're getting hopefully daily sun exposure, but not to the extent that your skin is burning. And everyone's going to be a little bit different with that based on our like ethnicity, based on actually the types of foods that we're eating. There are a lot of types of foods that can prevent you from getting sun damage and having reduced levels of inflammation in your body. But really just making sure that you are, right, like as the summer goes on, we develop a little bit of a higher tolerance, right? Like I was out in the backyard last week for like 15 minutes and got a little pink on my shoulders because I haven't seen the sun in like five months. <laughs> so just kind of building up your resistance over time and making sure that, okay, once you are getting to the point where your skin might start to change colors, like you're putting a hat on, you're putting a shirt on, or you're putting a safe sunscreen on. 
And with that, those, the sunscreen, you want to make sure that you're using a broad spectrum sunscreen because that protects from both the UVB and the UVA. You don't want just one. You want both because, of course, we are concerned with accelerated aging, but then we also don't want to burn. And then you also want to make sure that, of course, like the ingredients in your sunscreen are safe. So there are two main types of sun, like sun protection on the market. There's chemical sunscreens that are technically sun filters. And this is what the majority of sunscreens on the market, they're going to contain ingredients like they usually end in something <laughs> like zone. So avobenzone, oxybenzone, octocrylene is another one. And these are actually more like sun filters because they absorb the sun's energy and then they release it back into the air as heat. And these are super popular because like they're easy to apply, they rub in really well, and they can offer um, usually longer sun protection. But there's actually, and you might've heard about this, but there are like last year or the year before, Hawaii passed a bill banning sunscreens containing oxybenzone because they've shown, studies have shown that they've been linked to the bleaching of coral reefs. And all around the world, we're having this damage to our oh. coral reefs, and they're linking it to these ingredients in the sunscreen that people are putting on their bodies and then swimming in the water. And it's kind of crazy to me that like a state will pass a law banning this ingredient because it's damaging like our earth, right? Like it's impacting our environment and damaging the coral reefs. But I'm like, what about the people? Well, like, I, was just I was like, if it does that to the coral reef, what does that do to us? Oh, exactly. So then the other option are physical sunscreens and those are mineral sunscreens. So um, that's like a zinc oxide or a titanium dioxide. And those are like physical particles that will like sit on your skin and they reflect the sun's rays back out. So a lot better for people who have any type of sense, like skin sensitivity, because you don't have those chemicals. And then also much safer for our chemical absorption. Like I said, like if it's damaging coral reefs, it's probably also really bad for us. And the only downside I would say with these physical sunscreens is that it's a physical sunscreen. So it's kind of like you have a shirt on and then two hours later you take that shirt off you really have to be diligent about reapplying whatever the time duration says on your sunscreen. So ours says like two hours. So I set a timer for two hours and then I make sure I reapply on everyone. And then you're good. It's, it's that physical barrier that really protects your skin from the sun. Now, when I think about the physical type of sunscreens, I think about like the zinc sticks, you know, like in the 90s when people used to mm-hmm. put like on your nose and it was like a different color. Are they better now or are they, they... are so much better. <laughs> Okay, they are so much better. Yeah. And I totally remember like my oldest is 12. So remember when he was little, there were not these like more sheer physical barriers. And I have all these pictures of him with like the badger bomb and like the poor kid is just white. Like I just, you know, he didn't care at the time. Like, yes, we had one that was like blue and my kids look like Smurfs. Yes, exactly. So yes. And I use, I love all of the beauty counter sunscreens and like our family goes to the desert a week every summer and it's like 112 degrees and we're in the pool all day and we don't burn. As long as I reapply at the time we need to, we're good. So I love the beauty counter sunscreens and then also Live Strong. They have a couple, they have a Think Baby and a Think Sport that are also really good and they they apply really nicely where you don't have that like white chalky look. 
but every year the environmental working group comes out with their new like sun safety report where they'll rate a lot of the different sunscreens. So that's, I always love checking that out every year. Usually it will probably come out around the time this episode airs. I think it usually comes out in May and companies are always reformulating and they don't need to tell the public when they've changed an ingredient in their formula or when they've done something different. So I do think it's important to stay on top of. And I love just reading that report and seeing, they usually get like their top 10, which are always usually really great sunscreens. Oh, that's such a great resource and making it so simple. As you were talking about all those things, I was like, oh my gosh, Lindsay, I want to talk more about the, <laughs> the rhythm. And because, you know, like I take a melatonin supplement at night just to help mm-hmm. me be able to go to sleep. And I certainly don't make it a priority to get out earlier in the day. So I thought that was a really great tip that I wanted to come back and visit on. But also vitamin D. And then, so I want to talk a little bit about vitamin D. And then I want to also come back and talk about the food that mm-hmm. makes it a little bit better for us. So mm-hmm. first let's talk about vitamin D because you know, like I take a vitamin D supplement, so do my kids. And you hear a lot about vitamin D as far as immune health, helping with mental health. So talk Mm -hmm. to us a little bit about why vitamin D is so important. One of the things that is, and I do want to make sure that I preface this, is that vitamin D, it's important that we're being tested for it regularly. And if you do an annual checkup, that's part of any blood test that you have. A lot of research has shown that like, you know, 70 plus percent of the country or of our society is vitamin D deficient. But there are dangers to just assuming that you're vitamin D deficient and supplementing if you don't need to. So I definitely, I wouldn't feel responsible like talking about vitamin D without saying that. And that's one of the things that makes it hard to have a blanketed amount recommendation. And that's because vitamin D is fat soluble, which means it's stored in the liver and it's stored in fatty tissues. So your body has the ability to hold onto it and kind of accumulate it and gather it, which is what makes it dangerous for toxicity versus a water-soluble vitamin like vitamin C or our B vitamins that, you know, like if you eat four oranges, your body's going to take the vitamin C it needs and you will pee out the rest. But with vitamin D, if you take a lot in at once, your body holds onto it. So you can't just like pound vitamin D like you can some of those water-soluble vitamins because there's a danger to it. Mm, Never really thought about that before. I'm so glad that you mentioned that. Yes. So it is important that you are getting those levels tested and then also getting them, if you are low and you are deficient in vitamin D, that you're then getting them retested like three months later to see if the method that you're using or the path that you're on is helping. I suggest a liquid vitamin D for most people because it absorbs better than like a pill or a capsule. So that's something like if you're struggling to get your vitamin D levels up, that's something that you could try. And a lot of doctors will recommend, like if you go in and your levels are low, they will recommend a pretty high dose to get those levels back up. And then once you retest and they're adequate, then you can taper back down and have a more, be in kind of more of a maintenance mode. But vitamin D is like, it's linked to so many things, right? It's important, like you said, for bone health, for managing blood sugar levels. So like diabetes prevention. A lot of different cancers have been linked to vitamin D deficiency, heart disease, of course, the immune system, hormone regulation, your brain health, your concentration, learning, memory. 
in the context of coronavirus, it is hard to make recommendations about like, hey, everyone should be taking this much because you just don't know where people's levels are naturally at. But it's a really great reminder to be on top of some of those yearly tests and be monitoring our levels on a continual basis so that when these things pop up, which they inevitably do, we kind of already know like, all right, this is like, this is something that I'm working on, or this is something that I know I'm good. Like my vitamin D levels are good and I can focus on other things. So with vitamin D being really important and Mm -hmm. obviously we can get it through supplements and we get it through the sun. Are there any other sources that we get vitamin D from? Yeah. As far as food goes, good sources of vitamin D are going to be like egg yolks, grass-fed beef. Um, A lot of different types of proteins are going to have vitamin D in as well. So if you're getting um, like good sources of animal protein, those are going to be rich in vitamin D. And um, if you tolerate dairy well, you can do dairy products as well. So those are going to be good sources of vitamin D, but hopefully like we're able to get good sun exposure and be able to get it from the sun. Now, I know that you also have some tips for us on how we can prepare our skin for the best kind of sun exposure that we can get. We already talked a little bit about sunscreen, but talk to us about some of the other things that are important to consider to help us prepare our skin for the sun. Yes. So this is so fun for me to talk about. Like I love, the human body is so cool and food is so cool. So one of the things that is super interesting is that there is an enzyme in your body that repairs like UV damaged skin and you have a daily cycle of production. And ideally we want your body to be producing this enzyme during daylight hours, right? Like that makes sense that we need that protection then. So our, this cycle can be thrown off when we eat during times when it's not daylight outside. So we have like a snack before we go to bed at night and that throws off our body's circadian rhythm and this production of that enzyme. So that's like one really simple thing is to try to eat like during daylight hours. And if you can keep your eating somewhat consistent, like you have your breakfast and your lunch and your dinner kind of around the same time, that is one really easy way for your body to just be producing that enzyme during daylight hours. Blueberries, especially, and then all types of berries are really powerful in antioxidants that fight off free radicals that damage the skin. So um, blueberries are like the most powerful, but I would say getting, like you can get any type of serving of berries in throughout the day. They're a great source of vitamin C, which is super important for your immune system. And they're good for not only preventing sun damage, but also just good skin health in general because vitamin C is super important for collagen production and for like wrinkles and that skin elasticity as well. Tomatoes, like a lot of people say, oh, tomatoes, lycopene. Like that's what my kids, I don't know. They like, I've like drilled that in there. Like (laughs) eat your tomatoes for your lycopene. Um, Another type of antioxidant that like anytime we see a food that's rich in red, like tomatoes, watermelon, red bell peppers, Watermelon actually contains more lycopene than tomatoes do, Um, and they absorb UVA and UVB radiation. So, and this is something like you need to be eating red food all the time. It's not like, (laughs) it's not like you can just have watermelon one morning and like expect that you've eaten your sunscreen for the day. But if you're eating those red foods and those foods rich in lycopene, your skin becomes more protective to those UVA and those UVB rays. So I that's, that's amazing. Like, so cool, right? 
And then our omega-3 essential fatty acids are like our body loves really good sources of fat and we can't make it. So it's essential that we get them from our diet. And these omega-3s are really important for maintaining our skin's integrity. And they are, they help our body to like naturally cope with spending time in the sun. So that's going to be salmon, wild caught fish, eggs, like uh, different types of nuts and seeds, like hemp seeds, chia seeds, flax seeds, walnuts. Those are all really good sources of omega-3s. And the types of fat that we eat in general is really, really important for inflammation with our skin. And sunburn is inflammation of our skin. So just making sure in general that we're getting really good sources of healthy fats in addition to those omega-3s. So olive oil, avocado oil, coconut oil, grass-fed butter and ghee, those are really protective anti-inflammatory sources of fats. And the fats that we want to avoid that are going to cause inflammation in our body and make us more prone and susceptible to sun damage are going to be our seed oils, canola oil, rapeseed oil, soybean oil, vegetable oil. Those are the oils that are going to cause more inflammation in the body. That is amazing. I, like you said, our bodies are amazing. And I never even thought that there are certain foods that we could eat that would help prevent sunburn. I mean, like that to me is just like mind blowing. Yeah, I know. I've got one more for you. And that is foods that are rich in beta carotene. And our bodies convert beta carotene into vitamin A, which is another fat soluble vitamin that you might have, you've probably heard, like people have been talking a lot about in terms of immune system and coronavirus, people have been talking a lot about vitamin D, vitamin A, and vitamin C. And vitamin A is also really important for our body, again, producing this like natural sun production. And there was this study in 2007. I mean, I'd like nerd out on this stuff, but that showed that like after 10 weeks of regular supplementation, that this beta carotene actually like protected people from sunburn. So making sure that you're getting um, any foods that are like, again, rich in like our orange, like carrots, butternut squash, which is not really in season right now, but you might be able to find it. Um, And then all sorts of leafy greens like kale and spinach. And those leafy greens also are high again in antioxidants, which are really important for our skin health. So any type of like dark leafy greens that you can get, collard greens, kale, spinach, dandelion greens, arugula, and then all of your like rich orange vegetables as well. That's so amazing. And I love that all of these things This is what I think is so amazing is that God gave us these foods for our bodies and really helping, like these are foods that are like naturally grown and harvested right now. And they have benefits to protect us from the sun when we need it. Like it all Mm -hmm. is amazing to me how creation works. It is. And like, and it, it is amazing how like these foods are available, are abundantly available to us during the times of the year that we need them the most. So incredible. Yes. God is so good. And I just thank him for you and all of the wisdom that you have to share with us. Now, if people want to work with you, go deeper to like really transform their health, because it is, I know that you do a lot with like weight loss coaching, but it really is so much bigger than all of that and all of the services that you provide. So talk to us a little bit about how someone might be able to work with you if if they really want to take over their health. 
Yeah. And I love that you mentioned that, that yeah, a lot of people originally will think I'm going to reach out to a nutritionist because I want to lose weight. And I help a lot of people with weight loss, but it's with the lens of like, okay, excess weight on our body is a symptom of something else that's going on. And when we treat the root cause and we really figure out how to treat our body well and to fuel it well and give our body what it needs, weight loss is then a really pleasant side effect of that. That that's what naturally happens. Your body will settle into a weight that it wants to be at when you give it what it needs and when you're really focused on health. So yes, I do. I work with all sorts of different people and all the work that I do is online and done virtually, which has been such a blessing during this crazy time to still be able to connect with my clients and help support them in the ways that they need it. But you can contact me on my website, which is lindsaylidswell.com. You know, I'm on Instagram a lot at lindsay.lives.well and all my contact information is there as well. Awesome. Lindsay, well, thank you so much for coming on the show again. And as always, giving so generously of information that are really going to help everybody live a better life. So thank you so much. Oh, thanks for having me. As always, I could have talked to Lindsay for many more hours about all of the different great information that she shared from nutrition to chemicals in our skincare products and so much more. I hope that you learned something from Lindsay today, but more importantly, I hope that you will take one to three things that she mentioned and implement that into your lifestyle so that you can really move your health in the direction you want it to go. And if you're looking for more resources to help you with your health goals, you can reach out to Lindsay or join Life Balance Membership inside the Your Life Rocks app or by going to lifebalancemembership.com. Oh, and make sure you check out April's article where Lindsay really breaks down four key areas to help us focus in on strengthening our immunity. So until next time, keep building a life that rocks. Bye. Hey, just because the episode's over doesn't mean we have to stop hanging out. Head on over to Instagram and follow me there. You can find me at your.life.rocks. Or if you're more of a Facebook kind of girl, join our community of working Christian moms just like you. You can search Your Life Rocks over on Facebook and connect with us there. And if you're ready to truly create lasting balance and get results in your life, maybe it's time for you to join Life Balance Membership. Download the Your Life Rocks app in iTunes or in Google Play. You can upgrade to the membership right inside the app. And if you're looking for more resources to help you create more balance, head on over to yourliferocks.com.